I'm Pam Evanson. I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. This episode is going to build off the last two. So the first one we did was Mindset Impact Part 1. We talked about consistency and outreach, the quality of outreach, and what we listen for, and how all three of those things are directly impacted by the type of mindset that you bring into your conversations. Now, the second part of Mindset Impact was all based on how mindset impacts not just what you listen for, but what you learn, the questions you ask, and the time and energy you spend fighting your prospects' objections later on down the road as you're trying to close the deal. This last one, Mindset Impact, part number three, is going to talk about how much time we spend chasing prospects based on our mindset, our ability to compartmentalize, and our ability to manage biases. I think those are three great topics for today. Pam, what's your thoughts? Why don't we start with the time you spend chasing your prospects? For our listeners who are familiar with us, you know this is rooted in scarcity. So when you're chasing, it's rooted in that scarcity. You need or want something from the prospect. I think about this one, I think, a little bit differently than most, Dan. The one thing that always comes to mind for me is... If you are relentless, and I do believe relentless is very different than respectful persistence. And you know, we all know what relentless feels like. I always put myself in the prospect shoes and think, okay, they're going to obviously know, know that I clearly need something from them. And at the end of the day, Dan, believe it or not, I think about my reputation. And is that really the reputation that I want to be putting out there for people who may not know me at all, or maybe we've had an interaction or two, and now I'm coming across as extremely scarce. So for me, the mindset and how we've got to make the shift from abundance to scarcity, I always go back to how I feel about the reputation I'm putting out there regarding myself. Yeah. When I think about chasing prospects, um, I think about scarcity and attachment as well. We chase because we want something. We chase because we need something. Yet in life, there's so many philosophies out there that share and tell us, stop chasing, let things happen. I can equate this to dating, right? When we all dated, you know, for some of us a long time ago, but when we all dated, I mean, how effective and successful was it to chase somebody? Maybe on a rare occasion, you got a date or an extra date. My God, is it never worked out 95% of the time. Nobody likes to be chased. Prospects and clients are the same way. If you want to stop chasing, you're going to have to learn how to ask being dead serious on this, better questions. You're going to have to learn how to ask the questions 
that you typically hold back on, the ones that cause you consternation, the ones that you say to yourself, hey, maybe I shouldn't ask that yet. I'll wait till next time. Hey, this conversation is going really, really, really good. So I don't want to blow it right now. Questions are what will help your prospect and client think things through and take ownership. And when they take ownership, that's when you get the chance to stop chasing. Mm-hmm. Love that. All right. Next, we've got compartmentalizing. And for anybody out there who knows me, I spend a great deal of time on myself with this particular aspect of mindset, the ability to compartmentalize. And Dan, I think we all know the outcome of being able to effectively compartmentalize is focus and being able to focus and stay in the moment. So let's talk about some of the things that affect our ability to truly be able to compartmentalize and focus in the moment. And for me, the first place I go is that future, I need something from this. I've already got an intended outcome going into this meeting with this prospect that I want to get out of this. For me, that's the biggest component that plays into not being able to focus in the moment is I've already thought forward to a needed outcome of this interaction. Therefore, I have absolutely handcuffed my ability to focus and be in the moment with this other human being. Thoughts on that, Dan? I think this is one of the most actually important skill sets any sales professional or consultant could develop. Brian Decker was once on our podcast and he talked about the need for athletes to compartmentalize before they go on the field, right? They had to get so focused in the moment, Pam, to your point, right? They have to learn how to to really learn that skill set of letting go of some kind of result or outcome or finality. Navy SEALs, you know, Eric Potterat, a good friend of ours, right, who coached and mentored and trained Navy SEALs from a mental standpoint, always talked about the need for Navy SEALs to work on their ability to compartmentalize emotion. It's paramount to their success, right? And then you have this gentleman, right, who we've not met yet, Stephen Kotler, you know, who talks about this ideology of flow or the state of flow. And he's constantly talking about as high performers in business or as athletes, right, the need, all right, to manage our emotions and focus our energy, compartmentalize all the distractions. So I'm a huge fan of this one, Pam, and it's all about mindset to your point. If, if your mindset is of neediness, of scarcity, focused on your own narrative, you will never be able to compartmentalize those thoughts. Well, and the other piece for our listeners who are in a sales role, every time you're with your prospect throughout, you know, whatever journey they're taking with you, you'll never make strong connections if you're not focused on that listening and that learning, demonstrating to the other person that you actually care about what's coming out of their mouths and your listening and paying attention to what's coming out of their mouths. Yeah, let me let me hit home with that, Pam. It's such a great point. For all of our listeners, have you ever been in an argument with your significant other? Never. Right. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Most of the time, if not all of the time, the argument is intensified 
or escalated because of the inability to compartmentalize. Because you have a stance in that argument. You have a point you want to make. And you might be right, but you're attached to making that point. You're attached to the stance that you're taking. And so you are no longer in the moment listening to what the other person's saying. Your objective in that moment is to prove your point. Great example. And so the power power of compartmentalizing is incredible. My poor husband, my probably standard line when we're in an argument is, are you even listening to me right now? I don't think you're even listening to me right now. Because <laughs> I can always tell when he's not listening. You know, Pam, I have to say, I'd love to be a fly in a wall for one of those arguments. <laughs> right? Oh, there's a lot of eye rolling coming from my husband during our arguments. Okay, number three, Dan, bias. How mindset affects your ability to keep your biases at bay. Your thoughts on this one first? This is such a huge topic. Uh, It's hard to even like think about where to begin and end. But for our listeners, Our biases blind us. That's what they do. They blind your prospect and your clients too, but they blind us. For instance, biases, right? You go to some kind of um, development workshop, some training workshop, and you hear a new idea regarding business development. It's your biases that will hold you back from accepting, thinking, debating, or doing. Because see, we as human beings, we innately get attached to anything that we spend energy on and effort. The more energy and the more effort we put towards something, right or wrong, good or bad, doesn't matter. The more effort and energy we put toward it, we become attached to it. And so that's what makes it so difficult then for us to accept or even debate and consider sometimes doing something different. And Pam, like you and I always talk about, right? It's so easy and so common for all of us. We always overestimate what we currently do, how we do it or who we do it with. And we underestimate what we could gain by doing something different. And so biases hold us back from being the best version of ourselves. I like that, Dan. And the way I think about this one too, our ability to demonstrate our neutrality has to start with our ability to understand when our biases are starting to affect that. As you know, Dan, I took a few psychology courses during COVID, and I like the way one of the professors explained this. If you are listening to someone else speak, their perception on a particular subject, and you find yourself critiquing and judging what they're saying, your biases are getting in the way. You have lost your ability to be neutral. And it doesn't mean you have to agree. It doesn't mean anything other than, uh uh-oh, hold on. I'm starting to critique and judge. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to understand their lens. And, you know, for myself, I always try to think, you know what? People make decisions for different reasons, and that's okay. My job is to understand their reasons, not critique them and judge them. And to your point, Dan, 
I have very strong biases, as you know, on certain subjects, and it's very hard to understand when your biases are holding you back from understanding potentially a different way to go about something. Yeah, when I think of biases, Pam, I think of insecurities. When we feel like something is challenging an ideology of our own, an experience of ours, it can cause us to feel insecure. And that's very normal. And truth be told, that's one of the things I do to try to minimize my biases. I try to remind myself, okay, Dan, don't be insecure here. Listen to what this person has to say. Read this person's book. Listen to this podcast. I'm able to engage in those exercises when I remind myself, don't be insecure. Embrace what they have to say. All right. Debate it. You don't have to agree. Okay. So in this episode, Pam and I have talked about chasing prospects, the incredible skill. And I do mean incredible skill of being able to compartmentalize. And oh, by the way, to our listeners, it's a journey. All right. Pam and I work on it all the time. It's an amazing journey, but learning how to try to compartmentalize your emotions is so powerful. And then lastly, we talked about biases. And Pam, you and I know we could have done five episodes alone on biases. (laughs) For sure. The next episode we're going to talk about is bringing this all together regarding trust. And we're going to focus on, and we've done this before, we're going to focus on the power of questions. And here's why. For some of you, your industries are pulling back right now. For some of you, your clients are losing budget. There's a tightening going on because there's an uncertainty for 2023 on what direction the economy is going to go or how deep or steep will it be. And innately, when human beings are under duress and there's uncertainty, and this includes companies too, there's this tendency to pull back to revert to status quo. We all do it. When we're under duress, right, we pull back so we can try to gain control and mitigate risk. So do your prospects, companies, and your clients. The only way that you're going to be able to move through that effectively is through the power of questions. So, Pam, I think the timing of this next episode on just in the power of questions is spot on. It's perfect. Looking forward to it, Dan. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of the podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. Go to contact us. You can also engage with us on LinkedIn at Dan Lappin or Lappin180.